this podcast may contain some explicit language, so it may not be suitable for our little listeners under the age of 13. Welcome to Shit Gets Real. This is episode six. I'm Tony Hedstrom. And I'm Selena Stam. On today's episode, our featured drink of the morning is Bailey's. Uh, we chose Bailey's because we're both kind of feeling a little wimpy yeah. with uh, the Florida allergy season. Yes. So um, you'll have to excuse the way I sound. I'm very nasally and gross and everything's <laughs> echoing in my head. The pollen is killing me. Do I need to go like this to pop your ears? No. <laughs> I think that would be a bad decision. Because <laughs> then tomorrow I'd be like, Tony, I can't even come to the office. You're like, what the hell? You mean you can't come to the office? <laughs> you should see our cars. I mean, there's literally an yeah. inch of pollen. It's just so bad. It's, it's really awful. bad. Florida allergies are crazy. And that's why we always look forward to the rain. You know, as we go into yeah. summer, you know, we get these beautiful rain showers almost every afternoon. And it just, you know, what happens is... You just about the time you think you're going to die, like literally the humidity mm-hmm. has sucked the life out of you <laughs> yeah. and you're taking your last breath. Yeah. You hear a thunderclap and you kind of like chickens, you mm-hmm. know, when the rain's coming and they stand up there and drown themselves. <laughs> you're like, <laughs> they do that? Yes. Yes. I didn't know chickens that. drown themselves because they look up at the rain and they can't. I did not know they that. Because they, they don't have many brain I'm going to have to YouTube that. Mm-hmm. That's a Google thing. I will. Okay. You learn something every day. So Selena with her nasalness. Yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll try not to snort because it's disgusting. We thought today would be a good opportunity to speak about the differences between a buyer's market mm-hmm. and a seller's market. Mm-hmm. So what kind of market are we in right now? So right now we're in a seller's market. And why is that? Well, we have uh, not enough inventory and a lot of buyers. Yeah. So we have many people competing for the same homes. Oh, my gosh. You know, it, it, real estate's all driven by demand, mm-hmm. right? And, and it's that way in every industry. You know, if all of a sudden you couldn't find Dr. Pepper... <laughs> Everybody be wanting some Dr. Pepper, right? Or toilet paper. Yeah, same thing. It's the same concept. And, you know, human nature is crazy. Yep. Uh, one of the things I would say is kind of just proof of in the pudding. You know, I track a, a local town, Lutz. Mm-hmm. You know, I happen to live in Lutz. And I track that pretty well, you know, pretty, mm-hmm. st- you know, uh, every Steadily. day. <laughs> every day. Mm-hmm. And over the last decade, the average number of listings that was on the market at any given time was right about 330. Yeah. You know, and that was even a little bit low, you know, so probably for a healthy for a buyer's market, there would have needed to be 400, 500 listings on the market. How many do you think are on the market today? 87. Whoa, you're so close. Oh, my gosh. And it might be 87 this morning. But it was 84 yesterday. 84 houses in the entire town of Lutz. And the same story goes for every area. I mean, I could pull up Tampa and find the same thing. I could pull up Brandon and find the same thing. I mean, everywhere you look, the inventory is at about a quarter of what it typically is. And let me tell you, that's definitely a seller's market. There's no doubt about it. So what happens, in your opinion, Selena, when it is a seller's market, how does that impact sellers and how they sell their homes? So um, I think for us, you know, 
well, okay, let me, let me start this over. The way that you and I are listing agents, we go in and we're like, you sh- you need to clean this up, you need to do this, and we're telling people, that this is what buyers want to see. We know what buyers like, what attracts buyers. Yeah. In a market like this, you almost don't even need to do anything to your home. I mean, I don't want to say, because it's not like you need your dirty panties on the floor, right? And yeah. then someone's going to ask, if, do those convey? <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Um, but you um, you have to have it has to be clean and hygienic. But well, it doesn't necessarily have to be. I no, mean. that's the problem right now. Is we are finding that even homes that you you would years ago go, what the hell? Why mm-hmm. are, their agent didn't tell them to clean this up? Yeah. And there's multiple offers, ten offers, over asking price, appraisal contingencies waived. Everything is just crazy. You know, I spoke to someone yesterday. He actually was a used to be an agent here at our office, and he then uh, got his well. He had his pilot's license already, but he became a commercial pilot. He's actually moving back to the Tampa area. He's purchasing um, with cash, and he's not even getting them. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. And so we look at these offers that we're writing for people who are financing, and uh, in a lot of cases, we're not getting the deals. Yeah, we're not. So you're like, okay, if somebody who's buying with cash isn't even getting them, and he's obviously offering at least this price. Sure. What the hell is going on? Like, what is going on? So I was reading, not in our market, I was reading an article and they were talking, it was in Texas, Houston area. And they were talking that people are writing um, offers for $100,000 over list price. $100,000. I don't understand that in the sense, I can see 10, 15, 20. And the reason I can see that is because in our market, at least, Mm It, it's it's been said in several articles, and I happen to agree with them that because of our strong uh, employment market yeah. here, that values are going to rise seven to nine percent mm-hmm. over the next year. I actually think they're going to rise more mm-hmm. um, because every time a house sells and it sells for over market value, that becomes the new market value, yep. right? So houses, it's not what they listed for that becomes the comp price. It's what they sold for that becomes the comp price. And that's what drives those prices up and up and up and up. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what I don't understand is when somebody's offering that much over, how do they ever expect to recoup that? Well, so that's in, in that's the thing. Are you that desperate to get into a home and whoever is representing you, you know, I'm, you giving them the benefit of the doubt that they're telling them what you just said. Are you expecting to recoup this? Cause it's just not going to happen. Yeah. And there's whether they say this is our forever home or, you know, a lot of some of our clients are like, oh, I'm going to be here for three or four years. You know, I, I just would recommend them not not paying that much more because mm-hmm. you are not going to recoup it. So I just don't I would like to go into their brain, into their head and think, OK, where are you coming from? Just don't get so desperate. In Could that it almost chaotic. be another human nature kind of psychological thing Maybe. where it's for the win? That's right. I it's got almost this. like it's an auction and, you know, they're like raising their little number. It's interesting you say that because... Um, my husband and I were at this place called Lake uh, Vintage Warehouse in Lakeland, and it's amazing. This was years ago. And there was this baker's rack, and um, I liked it. It was perfect, but it was $125. And I'm like, eh, we don't really need it. Where's it going to go? <laughs> All of a sudden, this guy walks up, and he's like, honey, 
come here, look. And I was like, we'll take it. And Dwayne was like, what you just said? I said, I don't know. Something came over me. Like, I literally was like, you can't have it because we like it. Yes. I'm, I haven't really officially. So I do. I think I think that there's something to it. Yeah. And they're, they're winning. But $100,000 is a lot of money. You know, and so as a courtesy, you know, when you're selling your house, you want to like clean up your shit, you know, like clean up your own. I mean, keep it tidy and, and you know, clean, clean the toilet. Yeah, right. No rings in the toilet. Clean your sinks. Unfortunately, sellers can get away with not doing that, you know. You know, and it also takes us to not only just the cleanliness, but let's say you have your inspection and there's something repairs. Sellers aren't even having to do repairs Mm-mm. because of the way it is. Um, another one of those are that same article, the, the the one in Houston, they were talking how most most buyers are now waiving their inspection period, period. at all. Mm-hmm. Not having any inspection. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. So not only are you, they overpaying for a house, mm-hmm. they're not even having an inspection on the house. Wow. It just blows you, my mind. Yeah. So not having an inspection on a home is a very gray area. Mm, yeah. Wow. So I... For me, I would highly advise against it. I would say get an inspection. Don't expect for repairs to be completed. Mm -hmm. I'm always one to ask for that. And if you tell me no, you tell me no. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's just how I am, though. But I would never... Not have an inspection. inspection. So here's why. So say, okay, let's look at that scenario for a minute. So Mm -hmm. say you write a contract and you waive the inspection period and your earnest money deposit... That, that's that first money that you put up when you make an, you know, mm-hmm. go under contract. And let's say it's $5,000, right? If you waive the inspection period, you still should get an inspection, right? Mm-hmm. The thing is, is your, your earnest money deposit is no longer protected by that inspection period. Right. However, if you have an inspection and you find something horrendously wrong with the property and you cancel, even if you lose that deposit, my gosh, it's better than buying a money pit. That's right. Right. And being tied to it for however long you finance, right. 30 years. Um, I don't know, man. You got to get inspections. You got to know what you're buying. So it's one of those things where the market's crazy. People have to find a place to live. I for our clients, we, yeah, we want to sell them a house. Everybody wants to win in that situation, but we'd never want to put, put someone in a position where they're at risk for buying a money pit, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, yeah, I mean, even these little ones up in, so Crystal River, Homosassa, little trailers that are caving in mm-hmm. 50,000, 80,000, 120,000 gone within yeah. hours. I mean, people are just scooping everything up. Wow. I know. So I did have a client that I took out. The house had been on the market zero days. So it Mm -hmm. had actually uh, listed that morning and Mm -hmm. we went that afternoon. I quickly called the agent as we were leaving the property and told her I would be preparing an offer. And she let me know she had 10 offers. Now, when I was inside the house, you know, not always, but in a lot of cases, when an agent shows a property, they're going to leave their business Mm -hmm. card. So, you know, as agents, when you go in and you show a house and you see all these Mm -hmm. cards, you can, you know, you kind of know there wasn't a single real estate card in there. Now, that doesn't say a whole lot, but here's my assumption. And I know what assuming does. Mm -hmm. Makes an ass out of you and me, right? But here's 
here's the thing. I, you know, I told the agent because, well, first, let me back up. The house is in an interesting location, meaning that it's a beautiful home, but it faces a major uh, north-south thoroughfare here in, in Florida. It's uh, 41, Highway 41. Okay. And right in front of this house is a, a commercial building, right? So definitely a turnoff for many folks. Sure. I can see where that in a typical market might have made this house a little difficult to sell. Sure. You know, 10 offers on the table and it only been on the market for about eight hours. So I was pretty sure that a lot of those offers had been sight unseen. Right. So I told the agent um, in my husband's way, he calls it my passive aggressive way <laughs> of getting a point we across. All know this I'm like, <laughs> you know, I said, my client, you know, didn't mind that the house faced, you know, the highway. You know, they had no issue with that. little concerning when you have so many sight unseen offers, mm-hmm. you know, when they finally do get to the house and see that they're probably not going to like it. Yeah, that's true. You know, I was trying to get that point across like, hey, we, we were there. We saw it. We know the deal. That's true. Um, we came in second place. Mm. Came in second place out of 10 offers isn't bad, um, but, you know, if you're number two, you're the loser, right? So uh, very, very frustrating. But getting the house ready for the market, you know, yes, you don't have to do a lot. Hey, you know what's really sad is the rental market. (laughs) So the rental market (laughs) is just as desperate as the for sale market, the resale Mm -hmm. market. And if somebody's going out and looking for a rental, those houses are literally, I think when the prior tenant moved out, they didn't even clean it. It's just is what it is. Mm. And people are having to take those even, you know? Yeah. I mean, so it makes sense that the rental market's crazy, right? Because people aren't finding the houses. So then the buyers are getting frustrated and saying, I'm just going to rent for a year, six months, whatever. Mm -hmm. And, um, and that, that, if that's happening and if it's under a property management, that's sad. Yeah. Because there's money that's been deposited for that purpose. Yeah. Right. But down by me, Ruskin area, they are building, which I've talked about this before, I believe, new construction homes and townhomes specifically for renting. Yeah. And they're, they start at 1750 and go up from there. Wow, that's interesting. Uh-huh. Yeah, But, you know, it's people, another human nature thing, people are going to push the limits mm-hmm. and try to get away with as much as they can. I mean, tell me you haven't noticed that your everyday hamburger from any place has gotten smaller. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. That's interesting. I don't know if I've noticed that. Because don't you don't need a McDonald's. Yeah, anyway, sorry, McDonald's. <laughs> Didn't mean to use McDonald's. Could be any, any of them. But, you know, that's just it. As people, you know, they pay for something and they're going to, you know. Yeah. And it's all about on the other end, they're trying to maximize their profit, maximize their profit. I did notice that the cold brew at Dunkin' Donuts, when they say cold brew with foam, they put, it looks like a little spit blob on it. And that's not foam. (laughs) Dunkin' Donuts. (laughs) What is it? Like foam is foam, okay? Like a big, thick, foamy head thing. All right? And when you complain, the people at Dunkin' Donuts get upset with me because they did not do it correctly. So it's like a foamy nipple. Yes. Instead of a I took a picture and I can share this. It looks literally like somebody spit. I came in here that morning and told the girls about it. Anyways. Maybe they did. It looks like spit. Uh, and I'm like, this is not foam. But yes, that's... <laughs> so in hamburger, I, I don't, I'm not noticing, but my quality of my foam is There you is go. Down. Same concept. Mm-hmm. Same mm-hmm. point. So in a nutshell, in a seller's market, the seller pretty much gets away with 
about anything. We do go into listing appointments and tell our sellers there are some more things they don't need to worry about That's than right. we typically would. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's some key key points. Okay, mm-hmm. so seller's market, you still want to create the... Um, the frenzy. Okay. Mm -hmm. You still want to create the frenzy. And, but you know, there's things you need to do to prepare for that photographer when they come in to create that frenzy. I mean, literally we call it the three days of pain for sellers. You get that house on the market with amazing photos, which requires you obviously clean your house and do a few things around the house. A little decluttering, you know, whatever you need to do, rent a storage unit for, for a month Mm -hmm. and, you know, really get it looking good. I agree because you know, the house that looks in pictures where you the the agent has their finger in the picture and you uh, see the bra hanging on the knob and you know, yeah, that house might go under contract in a couple days. Yeah. But everyone's that's the last house they want. They probably could have got more, mm-hmm. you know, and that's mm-hmm. just it. It's like create the frenzy with that house. Now, let's talk about buyer's market. Mm. We've never really seen one here in Florida. Back in 2011, my first year in real estate in Florida, I remember thinking that homes were very undervalued. Really? Yes. I'm like, man, that house should be worth X. And, you know, they're giving it away at X, right? So... And then values just continue to rise over the next decade. I mean, they continue to rise and continue to rise. Mm -hmm. But never has it really been a true buyer's market here in Florida. But what would create a buyer's market (laughs) is if the inventory exceeded the demand. So you're a buyer and you're out there looking for homes and you want a particular kind of home and there's 20 to choose from, right? Then the seller has to be more competitive on how they're going to rein you in as the buyer to choose their house. How they do that typically is going to be by negotiation on price, Mm -hmm. giving away concessions, you know, paying for the buyer's closing costs, doing items and repairs Uh that are found and, you know, just being amicable to almost anything the buyer wants, right? Right? Because there's 20 other houses that that buyer can You're that choose. buyer's bitch. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I mean, that's kind of what it is. But at the same time, you are not only those costs, mm-hmm. right? But the upfront cost of, so landscaping, curb staging. appeal, staging, getting the house ready. Mm-hmm. It, you have to put a little bit more effort into it to get them to come in and say, that house stands out to me. I want to go see right. it. And as real estate agents and your the, your type of negotiating um, skill is going to be totally different in those different uh-huh. markets. And it's unfortunate because buyers, I don't know, I, I don't know if it's because of HGTV or, or you know, Zillow or whoever yeah. they're getting information from, they still always come in with the same mindset originally, I think, if they're not familiar or understand exactly what a seller's market yeah. versus a buyer's market is. I have a client right now who's looking to buy and, you know, we're going to go out tomorrow. And he's, we're talking about houses and the ones we're going to see. And he sent me one and said, this one's listed for 240, but I think we'll offer 200 because it needs updating. Hmm. And they say, that shit ain't going to work. <laughs> right? <That shit> ain't- <laughs> and, you know, when you're having these conversations, because, you know, this was a personal referral from a sure. past customer, right? 
Um, but I've never met the man face to face. You know, he only knows me because of what his relatives yeah. said about me. Right. And our conversations on the phone. So how do I address that? You know, so I don't end up going down this dark black hole with these people. You know, it, it, it's you know, I'm sorry, but I need you to understand that unless a home has been on the market for 30 days or more, you're not going to be able to negotiate like that. It's That's just right. not it's just not going to happen because it's so easy to get in that. You go down that hole with them because you know, however long it's been since maybe they've purchased, you know, and maybe they're just not in tune with how the market really is. Now, I have some clients right now that are out of state that watch the market, love a house. It's gone within hours. They are fully prepared. They're like, when we are there, like we understand what we need to do. We have multiple conversations that week on a weekly basis and they're prepared. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, it's all that, that, that's all dependent on the buyer, right? Like, are they watching the market, you know, and you're first meeting him. So at what level is he going to believe you? Cause you're yeah. in that fine, you're in that weird area right now Yeah, where it's, well, and it, it typically, uh, you know, as agents, we need the buyer to understand rather quickly. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they have to learn the hard way, which means they put a couple offers in mm-hmm. and they don't get the houses. Mm-hmm. Right. But um, yeah, we need them to yep. be quick on that yep. and learn pretty fast because yep. the market's just moving that fast. It's at hyper speed. That's right. And and then as they go through, things will change with what they're wanting. Mm-hmm. Right. So like you have, you know, you have a really good budget and then you're like, OK, this is what I want. That all works. But you're losing. Right. You keep losing them. Then you kind of compromise. Okay. Maybe I don't necessarily need quartz. Right. Uh I'll go with that builder grade granite that I see all everywhere. Uh Okay. I'll do this. Okay. I don't necessarily need a fence and things start to change. So then we're able to expand our search a little bit more, opens it up and um, hopefully get one. I'm on home tours tomorrow as well. And it's kind of the same thing, but mine are very particular and slowly um, you know, uh, you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. I'll show you the house we're going to see tomorrow. It's been on the market about 30 days. So I'm like, okay, what's going on with this house? Cause yeah. pictures look great. Right. And I'm like, Hmm. And that's just it. I mean, and the agent won't call me back. <laughs> if you, so it's probably one where they haven't changed the status. Yes. Oh, Fuckers. could you imagine? I'd be so pissed. Well, they approve the, they approve the showing. Yeah. Cause it's not them approving. Oh it's their man. I'd be so upset. Mm-hmm. Don't do that, agents. Uh-uh. That's a dick move. Anyway. That shit ain't <laughs> Now, I would say what it's going to take to get this market to shift, which it desperately needs to. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, a seller, a, a, a strong seller's market or a strong buyer's market, neither one of them are healthy. You want a That's stable right. market, right? It's kind of mm-hmm. like this, you know, um, you want a little, you want the demand, but you also want the inventory. I mean, when it gets where the inventory is this low and it's this much of a seller's market, it starts to really, I mean, it's impacting people's lives. I mean, you have people who are getting jobs here and trying to relocate here and they can't buy anything. Mm-hmm. You've got people who are outgrowing the homes that they're in but they can't buy anything because they can't do contingency purchases. Um, You know, new construction's out of the question. Now there's multiple offers and, you know, we're having to negotiate down the builder offered concessions. Um, And, you know, we got a a text yesterday uh, for one of the builders that we're on a waiting list for, my client. um, And we were told that there were four, we, we were in a multiple offer situation, which 
That's the first time I'd ever, ever. Heard, never that heard that in new construction. And they asked us, how much more of a deposit are you willing to do beyond 5%? Are you willing to reduce the seller concessions? And how much over the list price are you wow. willing to offer? This was a, a new construction townhome for crying out loud, right? Wow. So it's it's really impacting people's lives because they're stuck, you know, and then if there's no rental inventory either, where are they going to live? That's right. I mean, quite frankly, where are they going to live? So it needs to, you know, you sellers, you, you homeowners out there who have thought about selling. Listen, we need your house on the market today. You know, let's let's get this economy moving yeah. again and get this business rolling again um, and help people, you know, move. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And so this year, what we're seeing so far is interest rates are beginning to rise. Mm-hmm. We're no longer in the in the twos. Nope. Um, we're moving into the threes. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that would ever be an issue. I don't think until they were to exceed maybe 6% would it ever kind of draw back the buyer, you know? Yeah. I mean, it. You know, I really think that over the last 10 years, interest rates have been like really low. Yeah. So I've been an agent, what, eight and a half years, almost nine years now, and I've never seen it above five. Mm -hmm. I think the highest I've seen it was four and three quarters. It was around there. So back in the early 2000s, 6% was kind of the going rate. Yeah. You know? Wow. Now, what happens with interest rates? It's going to impact a buyer's buying power, right? So, you know, there could be a $300,000 home that they could afford if the interest rate is 3.5. But if the interest rate is six, now they're only going to be able to afford a $270,000 home. So as the interest rates rise, I think that's (laughs) going to have some kind of impact on the market as well. It's going to it's going to change that a little bit as far as values are concerned. But, you know, it's one of those things where we've told people in our uh, social media and in our mail outs and different things like that. Hey, right now is when you're going to get the most money for your house. If you're interested in selling, let's do it today. Right. So I have a couple clients who are in that same position where they can't really sell because they can't buy. Yeah. Right. They need they need the uh, the money. money to be liquidated from their current home in order to buy the new home. Right. So I'm actually taking on a new strategy. Oh, I usually don't, yeah, like I don't even know how to, when she does this, my heart went up, my heart rate's up. So sellers are getting away with so much. My new strategy for, for people in this position is putting the house on the market contingent upon the buyer leasing back to the seller oh, that's for six months to a year. So if, if the buyer, if the demand is that strong and they're willing to sacrifice and sacrifice to buy these houses, then that's going to be the sacrifice I'm asking for is you can buy this home, but you have to lease back to the seller for six months or, or whatever. Like that's going to give these sellers an opportunity to liquidate their asset and not have to do a contingency process purchase yep. right and um it's kind of a win-win for everybody because the buyer gets to purchase the home at the current interest rate yep now the only place that won't work is for our government-backed loans right. obviously if you're a veteran or you're using an fha loan you are required to take occupancy within 60 days but unfortunately in this seller's market VA buyers and FHA buyers are the ones who aren't getting the houses anyway. (laughs) They're not getting them. They're not getting them anyway. So, yeah. And it's interesting, though, if you said that one guy was cash and he's losing them. Man, I would really like to know. Just this weekend. um, Excuse me, not this weekend, but 
last week, I had a client who wrote an offer on a property, a really attractive offer. Um, the agent thanked me for you know presenting the offer, and about two hours later, I got a, a email from him, and he said, "Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry you wasted your time, but the seller is not considering VA offers mm. right now." So I didn't respond. I let a day go by, you know, and then I texted him because he said to only text him. He's one of those agents. Those right? are our favorite. Don't call me. Just mm-hmm. text me. Um, so I texted him and I said, hey, you know, what's the, do you mind sharing the backstory with me? Like, what was your your seller's experience, yeah. you know? And sure enough, he had sold a house not too long ago and was under contract with a veteran on a VA loan. Yeah. And the appraisal came in like $20,000 low or whatever, okay. you know. And this house is actually priced, I think, very well. Like it's priced kind of below market, you know, but the AC is old, the water heater is old, the roof is, you know, older, right? But for the price, I think there's room on an appraisal to kind of negotiate through some of that, right? Maybe add some to the purchase price in order to get either a new roof put on or something like that. Um, But the seller absolutely does not want VA loans. He has a bad taste in his mouth from it from before. And it's really unfortunate because we've spoke about that in the last year where conventional appraisals have come in low more often than our our government-backed appraisals. Yeah. I mean, there's like this black cloud that that follows VA loans, and I just wish it would dissipate mm-hmm. because it's um there's there's some really good solid buyers that are using their VA loan because they've earned it yes. right and they're being told no you're not even you don't even have the option to write an offer on this house because we don't want to accept it yeah. and i think that it comes with sometimes whoever the agent is, the listing agent, um, lack of education. Their on personal the experience. Their personal maybe. experience. And so and for us trying to fight for them to say, no, listen, well, we know these that we know this loan. Yeah. And, and you have to trust. And they're, you know, usually those ones are the ones where you have a little hic- some hiccups because you're like, trust me on this. And then, you know, that's the well, you know, on, I think listing agents know that when they list the houses, they're they're tending not in this other case, but they're tending to push the, the value. Right. Yes, yes. So so listing agents and sellers are are doing this to the mm-hmm. prices, you know, and they're pushing them and pushing them and pushing them. And if they have buyers who are um, waiving the appraisal contingencies, yep. then those become the comps, the comps, yep. the comps, the comps. So I think um, they know Mm -hmm. that it won't appraise, right? And if a contract is contingent upon that appraisal, so a veteran can waive that appraisal contingency. Mm -hmm. They have the right to. There's a VA addenda that you use with a purchase contract to disclose that the the contract is a VA loan. Mm -hmm. And they have the opportunity to to pay above appraisal value. If they want to, yeah. right? So if the contract's written correctly and there's some protections in there or an obligation of the buyer, the veteran buyer, to pay beyond the appraisal price, mm-hmm. I mean, give them a chance. Yeah. I mean, at least let them get into the game, right? Yeah. I mean, so that's – and I remember it's got to be 2010 maybe. I – it was on the news and they, they had these – this couple and he, they were, they were trying to find their user VA loan and it was the same thing. We can't find a house. Sellers will not take our VA loan. And to me, it baffles me because we're in a, we're in a community 
Well, we have a high, we're saturated, a high saturation. Well, that's the wrong word, but you know mm-hmm. what I mean? A high, um, what word am I looking for? Yeah. Saturation is good. Of VA loan uh, retirees. Mm-hmm. We have McDill Air Force Base here. We have thousands of people that are going to utilize this loan. CENTCOM, SOCOM. So, yeah. I mean, we have so many. Yeah many people that are going to use it. And what's really interesting to me is that house that I'm speaking of is still on the market today. So it's been on the market. And in this market, if your house is on the market for seven days, something's wrong. I mean, houses should sell immediately. And so that one's still on the market. So that seller's kind of cutting off his own nose to spite his face. But hey, well, I mean, We'll just sit around and watch him do price reductions, and then we'll come back. Then go back and say, hey, I think we're going to be fine with the appraisal now. (laughs) (laughs) So one thing I want to say about appraisals, is it really the loan type? Or, you know, now it's not the buyer, seller, or lender who order an appraisal. There's actually appraisal ordering companies Mm -hmm. that order the appraisals, right? But a a smart lender will will find an appraisal ordering company who actually utilizes local Mm -hmm. appraisers. Um, Yes, they're busy. Yes, it's, you know, crazy for appraisers out there, too. But we have a lender that uh, we actually... We don't dislike him, you know, he's okay, but on our listings, <laughs> he's right. <laughs> this particular lender had represented buyers on two of our listings yeah. that we had. Yeah. And both of those appraisals came in stupid low. Conventional. I'm talking, like conventional. Conventional. Loans. They came in like $30,000 low. Yeah. Um, and it was just ironic that it was the same lender where our guest speaker last week, Joshua mm-hmm. Goodwin, kind of um, opened our eyes to that a little bit. And he's like, yeah, but it's really about what appraisal ordering company you use. That's if right. you use somebody who's pulling appraisers from Boca Raton to come here to Carolyn, yep. they're not going to know the neighborhood and the market. Right. Um, and the, so it's, it's not really, really about the loan type. It's more about who the appraiser is. And it just makes us a little bit more aware of on our listings that it's not we can say, hey, you know, maybe the appraiser needs to live within 20 miles. Mm-hmm. And 20 miles here is still pretty far. I mean, yeah. think about how far. So, you know, it's, um, it would only, it only serves, it's only good for our sellers and for us and our, everybody involved in the party to do that, I think. Yeah. Because, you know, when we both went through it, I mean, I fought with that appraiser and he was so, he was just a nasty, nasty person. <laughs> yeah. He was, I'm like, you're a miserable man. Uh-huh. And he just said he knew everything and that how uh, he couldn't believe I'd write or um, list a house for this price. And the buyer agent was a, a fool because she wrote the offer, he said. And yeah, yeah. Turned around, went to a different lender and it appraised for value. Mm-hmm. So who's the fool? Yeah, who's the fool? Yeah. And on those two occasions, mm-hmm. well, at least on mine, was it on yours too? What? The second contract we took, because of course we did not reduce the price $30,000. We told that buyer agent and their buyer to either get a new appraisal or see ya. Uh, we went under contract again on an FHA loan and that appraisal came in at value. So the conventional was 30 grand low. The FHA was at value. So on mine, um, we the buyer wasn't gonna have it. We were not going to lower the price. She said, I will switch lenders. She switched lenders. They ordered another appraisal mm-hmm. and that one came in at value. Yeah. But that appraiser, I met 
I met them and she literally lived right down the street. Yeah. She's like, oh, we talked about restaurants. We talked about all sorts mm-hmm. of stuff. So, yeah, it's not so much the lone type. Mm. And, you know, you're, you're shutting out a large mm-hmm. portion of the market if you refuse these government-backed loans. I think the other thing that concerns people is repairs. There's all these yeah. repairs, you know, oh, the VA wants too many repairs. Oh, FHA wants too many repairs. I mean, it's not that bad. It's not. I mean, you know, the roof needs to have at least five years of roof life left yeah. on it. Mm-hmm. I think it's five years is it still? It is. It is five. And then... Um, you can't have a bunch of rotted wood. Like, your fascia can't be falling you, off. If you have old cha- chalice, I always say I'm wrong, windows, they have to work. Mm-hmm. You know, they can't... Have, and there can be no cracks. Um, paint, you can't have the flaking of the paint outside. You know, your exterior paint. So, But in a seller's market like this, if you have a, a decent buyer agent who's representing that FHA or VA contract and you run into those repairs, there's ways to negotiate... Through them. I mean, you know, there's ways to make it work. So, you know, anyway, so in a seller's market, um, VA buyers and FHA buyers are um, really losing out, unfortunately. Um, Conventional, you know, they're in the hierarchy. They're they're getting more than the government-backed loans. Uh, The cash buyers, you know, cash has always been king, and you thought if you were paying cash, you could offer less. Mm Mm-mm. That shit ain't gonna work. Yeah, no, not at all. And, you know, we we need more than one quarter of the natural inventory on the market for this madness to stop. Yeah. So, in a buyer's market, when is that going to happen? Well, as we watch the rates rise, right, we're going to... I mean, for me, I'm just waiting for the rates. I'm, that's what I'm gauging it off of. I think because I think this is all in relation to 2020, mm-hmm. um, we're, we're feeling the repercussions of then, yeah. you know, we were so but There was inventory, not a lot, but there was inventory as COVID hit, as that that whole thing started back in March of last year. Mm-hmm. And it just it's kind of like one of those, you know, steamroller ball that gets bigger and bigger as yep. it goes down the hill until we're finally at that point where there's just not enough houses to keep up with that. That's right. So I think with these uh, with the vaccinations and as people get vaccinated and as, you know, things open up and things like that happen, more people are going to be comfortable and moving. And you'll start to see the trans transitions yeah. again where people are moving from here and there. And I think that's going to bring on the inventory. I, I'm not convinced it's so much about the rates. I think it's yeah. all about the inventory and those sellers getting onto the market. So how do we get sellers to list? How do we get them to sell? Well, how do we? So the problem, which we've already discussed, is we have to find a seller that's just not going to move in Tampa Bay. They're going to another state. <laughs> Yeah. Relocation. <laughs> That's literally what we have to find. We can sell your house in Tampa. We can't find you a home in Tampa. So you got to move to a different state. You got to go somewhere else. Right? Mm-hmm. So, um, <laughs> it's not a bad idea. I thought, what if we could purchase an apartment complex? Oh, I that love that. We could just that. put people in and out of there. Like, right? Like, that's what we need. We need, like, hotel home solutions. Yeah. Yes. Kind of like Hotel California. What's Ho- that one hotel song? Hotel Home Solution. What's that one song? Hotel, Motel, Holiday Inn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see? Okay. <laughs> Anyways. All right. Hey, let's do a, what's that funding called? Does Courtney, you might know. Courtney's behind the scenes. What's that funding called when you're trying to start a new business? Crowdfunding. Let's crowdfund that shit. Send money. 
to Selena Stam and Tony Hedstrom, we will buy a fourplex or something. And then um, all these people that are transitioning, like they'll Mm -hmm. be coming in and out. And there's a thing flying around. But let's crowdfund that. Yeah. You send money to, what's our address? 18302 (laughs) Highways (laughs) Road. Hey, just message us and we'll get you the address. And yeah. we'll get you our cash app, Wemo. V- Venmo. Well, whatever. Venmo. <laughs> Wemo. There's no such thing as a Wemo? Or is that the light thing in my gym? A Wemo. That's funny. Wemo. That, that shit ain't gonna work. It's not really about an experience that we personally had. Because you know what's going on? We're lacking experiences. You know why? Because there's no houses to sell. Yeah. So literally, real estate is broken and we need more houses on the market. We do. And right now, the way things are going, that, that shit ain't, ain't gonna, gonna work. work. Listen, we... Some people will look at it like, oh, you know, you guys should should relish in the fact that, you know, take a little break. No, that's not how we are. <laughs> if we're not running around like chickens with their heads cut off, we're just. I think that's a Leo thing. It so is. what we do is we go out and run around and start new businesses. And then we we were cranky <laughs> and we're tired and we're hungry. And then we complain that we don't have time off. And then when we have time off, we're like, why am I not working? Yeah. What about this? We're never happy. Yeah. That's a Leo or a woman thing. I don't know. <laughs> All right, everybody. That ends episode six. So we will see you next Tuesday. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and the TikTok. Bye.